Oh, you couldn't hear yourself. Yeah. Okay, you were yelling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast where we uh, we've got the sound. There we go. Rodeo Time, the podcast. Sorry, it's been a while since we did one. I forgot where all the buttons were. Yes, our last few were in the Mirage. Plug. Vegas. That yes, it was a plug, but but we did four. Pot, we talked to two, three, four, five, six, seven NFR cowboys. There were a lot of gold buckles in there. Yes, every. I think almost every single Casey one. had won four. Yeah. Ryder had won a couple. Yeah, Stetson had won a few. A lot of gold buckles stepped into the Rodeo Time podcast. And you've got you guys have seen them. You guys, you guys have seen them. Um, the last four episodes prior to this were, um, yeah, at the Mirage. That was fun. So we're gonna have to do that next year. Maybe it means they'll give me a bigger suite. Ooh, that would so, be cool. I've always wanted to see what those rooms are like up top. Sorry, I thought it was gonna be silent. We've got a young lady on the podcast. <laughs> and that's why I had to apologize <laughs> as I um, did that. Blythe Eep hails from Nebraska, aka be Beep here. Beep. Her name is also Beep Beep, not Nebraska's name is also Beep yeah. Beep. Uh, Donnie Ray Daytona comes all the way <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Missouri. Uh, misery, as some people call it. Do you call it misery? No. <laughs> you I like it. it. You yeah. like it there? Yeah. I like Texas too, though. Yep. And then also uh, Carlos De La Cruz. <laughs> He's the new man. And uh, we're going to hear his backstory, a little bit of it, where he comes from. And he's a bull rider, old son. But before we hear that story and more stories about being an intern in at Radiator Ranch, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Oh, man. Where do we start? Where do we begin? Let's start with the first one. And that is Rock and Roll Denim. They keep our, they keep our legs, legs clothed. Um, and boy, do they do a good job at it. American hats, which is uh, the cowboy hats that we wear. Then uh, Can-Am side-by-side side, defenders off-road and uh, feed buggy corporate as i like to call it and then total feeds it's what you eat every morning i literally eat, eat total equine yep with with milk in my cereal as well as um excalibur containers it's what a couple of the interns it's what these two interns live in we'd like to thank them for housing the interns so now on to an energy drink for your ears the rodeo time podcast Number 88. We are rolling. Is this video sponsored by Ruffles? Oh, we are? Yep. No, it won't be. Besides Total Feeds, are you sponsored by any other food? You don't Food. you don't think you would know that by now? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You don't know who my sponsors are? <laughs> no. You've been oh, here man. for like six months. Am I gonna get quizzed on it? Yes. Well, who are my sponsors? <laughs> Total feeds. Bingo. Can am. Yes. American hats. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Could I phone a friend? Sorry, everyone. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, no, you can't. That's it. 
Well, Excalibur containers. Oh. I live in one, so so does he. Um, that's funny that you, yeah. Um, so is he, is uh, Carlos. De La Cruz, right? De La Cruz, yes, sir. Yeah, are you related to Caesar? No. Caesar De La Cruz? No. The team roper? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. You know, you, 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 you don't know the, the, he's like, I think he was a healer. I don't know. And I believe he's missing a finger. He was on, uh, yeah, met him a long time ago. Anyways, cool to cat. I was almost missing a finger once. Yep. What happened? Blue boy about tore it off. He was trying to tie or untie a bowling? I was tying a bowling. I was feeding it, like feeding the line through that loop. Mm-hmm. And he sat back. The loop got tied around my finger. Yeah. Damn. So this was recent or? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. April will be two years, I guess. Um, yeah, so we got a new guy on the team. We actually got a couple new guys. The other new guy is out, but you are the most recent new guy who's not been yet on a podcast. So, Carlos. Hold on, hold on one second. All right, continue. I don't know why those are off. Or Do we need to start over? It's been recording our sound. I can see it. Recording our sound. Okay. But maybe. Let's just start over to be safe. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we're here. And we just started. <laughs> <laughs> we think we did. We um, um, we just got going on. Sorry. We'll start over again again. Okay. <laughs> Third start. I got a picture of a baby from a friend. And welcome. We're here. The podcast. Here we go. Carlos De La Cruz. He is one of our newest interns straight out of Georgia. The Sunshine State. That's Florida. The Pe- Peach State. Peach, Peach State. Yeah. I knew that. Close, close. Um, yeah, so what brings you to Texas? I don't know. I just wanted to fold some shirts, I guess. <laughs> how long had you, how many videos had you sent prior to the one that got you in? Or were there I've multiple? I've sent a few. You have? We've spoken before. Um, we have? Around my birthday, around February. You were like, happy birthday. And I was like, how do you know my birthday? And then, oh, in the text. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were talking about something. And I was like, <laughs> why would you know my birthday and then i don't know you said we had mutual friends but i just left it at that. but i'm saying have we spoken about the the internship no oh yeah i didn't think we had no, we haven't. yeah no. i'd be knowing the you know your birthday i'd be <laughs> knowing that but i just um because you've been following me a while mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, so a lot of guys had sent multiple videos to become an intern, but you 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 just sent the one, and it happened fast. Yeah, I just came here, y'all left, and I stayed. No, I'm talking about the the going back to you getting selected. So you you sent in a video. Mm. You may not know that it was fast because you've only applied one time. But like, there's some people. For instance, Gabe, I think he might have sent in a video for like a year and a half. He sent like four or five videos in. Um, Willie sent in a few. He sent in a few. Yeah, I sent Because he sent yes. one to me like a long time ago. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about, Carlos. I said yes. He did say yes. Did he? I think he, I think something got lost in translation. Okay. Maybe. Mm. Well, forget I'll, about the videos. I'll try to mediate here. Forget about the videos. Whatever. The point is, well, in the video, you uh, seemed very respectful. How old are you? 26. And you were working at um, CNC. Yes, sir, at Fox Factory. Which is what Fox, like the um, exhaust pipes. No. 
No, Fox is like the, the little dirt bike brand. That's what they're known for. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> they're like shocks and stuff. I don't think they do exhaust pipes. They don't do aftermarket like exhaust? They might. I don't know. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I could have sworn that it was also like maybe somebody just had a sticker right. like on the cover of, of an exhaust, whatever. Pretty dang close. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they do the shocks, <laughs> not the exhaust. I don't know if they do shocks bike. even, but that's like, not that shocks, far away. Yeah. They're literally like this close. Hey, man. But a, a, an exhaust. It's not like I was saying they're doing like shoes on horses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in the vicinity. We're on the dirt bike. Yeah. yeah. So they do parts for a dirt bike to be right. you know, a little more broad. And it just so happened that at this factory, we were working on the new Raptor. <laughs> do they shocks. do exhaust? No, you don't. <laughs> they do shocks. You were that's, way off, that's Dale. That's not what I said. <laughs> you dumb. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, continue. That um, at this factory, we would we were making the factory <laughs> shocks for the new Raptors. Okay, shocks. It wasn't just dirt bikes. We were making uh, suspension parts for the new Ford Raptors. Yep. And you had a little bit more like deeper involvement in like the construction of it. It wasn't just like you're out there with a hammer banging on right. some metal. Right. You were like. Messing with computers and getting a little more involved in design? Uh, not design specifically. The de design would come in. We would set it up on a machine and it would automate it. And then gotcha. someone else would run the machine. Which is what inspired me to get you a little more and started into a job here with Rodeo Time that involved computers and a little more administrative type stuff. Um, because... You seemed you you worked with a computer and you got a, a degree from Georgia Tech. No, from I got my associates from Georgia State, and then my bachelor's from University of North Georgia. Oh, did I offend you when I just said Georgia <laughs> Tech? <laughs> no, no, no. It might offend the Georgia Georgia Tech people because they're like super smart. Gotcha. But, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. And that's where I thought you went to school. Those are our neighbors. Actually. So now I just found out you didn't go to the super smart school. Gotcha. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you no, also, I'm just kidding. You also worked with horses like. Oh, yes. A lot. Starting horses. Yeah. Finishing them. And you're a bull rider. And I ride bulls. Yep. How many bulls do you think you've been on by now? Oh, man. Oh, man. Less than, less than 80. Oh, really? Less than 80? Yeah, I haven't hit 100. For sure haven't hit 100. You ride really good for less than 80. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I thought you were going to say like 180. No, no. I haven't hit 100. Nice. So you went to a Sankey school. Was that your first experience on a bull? Yeah, that was my first, uh, let's see if I like it deal. Okay. Right? Which is normally, that they get a lot of that yeah. at the Sankey schools. We're talking about... Um, hey, can you bring your mic up just a hair here? S-A-N-K-E-Y, Lyle Sankey. It's kind of, it's where, my old man was a uh, teacher there since before I was born. <clears throat> and so I was running around him. He, Lyle's been putting on schools for maybe 40 years by now. Uh, well, yeah, well, well over that because I can remember my old man saying he went to one when he, I can't remember when, long time. But he, he puts on like, used to be like 35 a year. And they would be all over the country. What's unique about Lyle's schools? Well, it's just rough stock, number one. Bears, Bronx, Bulls, and bullfighting. But he would bring a trailer and bring equipment. So if you didn't have equipment, you could use them. You could use his. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. If you're getting started, you probably don't have equipment. And if you go to a rodeo school, you would need it. If you go to a basketball camp, 
bring some tennis shoes. That's it. But if you're getting on a bull or a bronc, you need a horse. I mean, not a horse. You, you do need a horse, but they would provide that. You need a bronc saddle. You need a bull rope. You need a bareback rigging, et cetera. So that's what's kind of unique about that school. Um, and Lyle's, Lyle's one of the four um, rodeo cowboys that's been to the NFR in all three rough stock events. Bareback, saddle bronc, and bull riding. It's Lyle Sankey, Larry Mahan, Jim Shoulders, and Ty Murray. They're the only four. So, enough of that. Plug. <laughs> Non-paid, by the Are way. Are we not sponsored <laughs> by them? We might as well be. No, yeah. no. What's his it's name? Samantha's dad. Phil Lyon? Yeah. He went, I think, it was one horse riding event, bull riding, and a timed event. I got you. I believe. I don't think he went in all three rough stock events. So he was battling it out with Larry Mahan. Larry Mahan. Yeah. You know, they were going for the all round head to head, and that was a really intense battle at the time. Documented in the Great American Cowboy, I believe is what mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, really cool documentary, old school rodeo footage. Um, a lot of rodeo history there. But yeah, Phil Line, he, uh, bull riding, I know. I want to say bronc riding. I want to say bull riding, bronc riding, and then calf roping, I believe. So that's that's uh, but I don't I'm not as familiar with that. But so, anyways, you go to a Sankey school, and then what? What what in Georgia? Like, where are you getting on bulls there? So Georgia has Elberton. You have Justin Knight. We buck bulls there, and then we also had a guy named Clay Taylor, who would buck with Justin, but something happened and Clay ended up leaving. So. I ended up having a practice in South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I would drive the two hours. It would turn out that sometimes my practices would be these SRA rodeos, you know, like yep. some of my practice bulls were those big big bulls. And I guess that's where it, it kind of turned into do you really want this? Because every day is a chance. Every time you get on, it's a chance to die, you know. Yep. And you're just learning at that point, you know. Under 50, you're still getting hurt. You're still, yes, sir. You're still trying to see if you're going to, you're gonna fall, but you know you don't you don't even know the right moves by that point. You can't even remember opening the latch. Yes, sir. And then you, know, you just stick it out, stuck out the two-hour drive, and uh, went from there. It's neat that like you were mature enough to see all that. You said you had been under on under fifty, and you had to figure out. Be, and 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 that's a tough position to be in as a young bull rider in a spot where there's not a lot of bull riding because. That's what you got to do. You go to the rodeos, you go to the bull ridings so that you can get on bulls. Well, you're riding competitive bulls and you're riding against competitive bull riders. And the problem with that is like, kind of like we talked about in the Tilden and Casey uh, podcast, like all of a sudden now you're getting, you know, dashboarded and slammed and, and, you know, you're, they're scattering your chickens out there yeah, because you don't know what you're doing, but you're getting on 22 point buckers. Because every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a twenty-two point bucker these days, yeah. a pin of them, <clears throat> and guys are putting putting them on you to test them out too. Yeah, and like, they don't care about no. the future, which which whatever. Um, but the point is, is like there's not a spot for you to progress and grow, um, and so you find yourself having these little bitty successes on some rank stuff occasionally, but it just messes with your confidence. Yeah. So, 
And 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 there's people that that make it like that. People get on rank stock and they make it. I'm not saying you can't make it, but I am saying that like I feel like there's a lot of people that if given the chance to like climb the ladder a little slower, they could they might make it. And so um you seem like the kind of guy that's like resilient and you were going to make it regardless. You know, I think Willie Willie is. But the problem with that is you're the kind of guy that's going to make it. You're the kind of guy that doesn't mind getting bucked off. But you touched on it. You could also get really hurt. That's something you may not have a lot of control over, and that's something that could set you back. You get really hurt on your 43rd bull. You're out for six months, and then you start all over. It's like you've been on none. So, like, that's the problem. It's not necessarily about, like, just overcoming the mental defeat. It's also about staying physically healthy. So that's why here at Winnebago, like one kid, I was so pumped. I posted that video of you getting on uh, Tony. And uh, it was our first trip out of a right-hand delivery, and he was just around to the right. And a little bit smidge under what we would call a duck. He's a duck for a practice pin. And uh, perfect. So I posted the video, and some 14-year-old steer rider was like, he doesn't look rank. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, because I was like, new bull, new intern, you know, and I was excited about it because if anybody knows anything about bull riding, if you've been on under 80, that is the perfect practice bull. Oh, yeah, he was smooth. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got frostbite that's got a little more kick. We've got a couple bulls got a little more kick, but then that bull is just going to around to the right, like you said, smooth, and you feel good. You get to feel what it's like for a, a bull to go away from your hand. And now all of a sudden, like you got this huge mental win. Then you were hungry. Then you wanted to get on something else. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's where you that now all of a sudden you're becoming a bull rider. You know what I'm saying? You got to work your way up that ladder. So, because Casey, I remember in the podcast, he was like, "Yeah, I kept on getting the same horse. Was it Casey or was yep. it Casey? The same horse that did the same thing and like waited for me to scoot back on. And even Dawson was talking about like just in bronc riding, how he like had to work his way up." Like his schools, they don't start with the craziest thing. Right. But, yeah, the rankest horse. Yeah. Which is why we put you, Blythe, <laughs> on uh, our bull named Carlos, the man of love. Mm-hmm. Not that Carlos. Yeah. Carlos, the man <laughs> of love. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was very specific. The bull named Carlos. How yeah. was that compared to what you thought it would be? It was fun. I, I kind of didn't really like think about what I was doing. I just got on because... Uh, and just didn't think technical at all. It was just my first two rides, got on. Uh, wasn't like, I didn't hold on with my legs at all. It was just probably the mental thing of like getting on. All that preparation was just out, out the, the window. window. Yeah, it usually gone. is. It's like, gone. That's how it is for everyone. <laughs> yep, you black yeah. out. No, but Carson's first ride, he was he was really good. Yeah, occasionally, I'm not sure what it is about different people that have this awake mindset on their first couple, mm-hmm. but occasionally it happens. Yeah. But some people like your adrenaline takes over in a way that you, you just, you kind of black out the first few yeah. jumps. Cause I was like, Oh, I was thinking about everything else, but like doing it right. <laughs> I was thinking about, well, I mean, I don't have kids to look after. I mean, I'm 21. My body's pretty healthy. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about like, Oh, we better like actually think about like what this bull is going to do. Anticipate. 
I was thinking about like how I'm going to fall off <laughs> Yeah. more than like how I'm going to like ride him if I even try to ride him. Yeah. So he came off pretty quick and then you got on another one. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, and then I keep watching that video, those two videos <laughs> and just getting like upset. Like mm -mm, I could have done that so better, but yeah, I just, I need to wait. I need to wait. So. Yeah. So, uh, did you get any, uh, backlash from the family? Uh, a couple people think I'm crazy. Uh, right. Yeah. My, my parents probably think I'm crazy. Probably. I they, they, they might they have thought you were crazy before. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love you, um, Mom. And Dad. I mean, they just want what's best for you. Yeah. And they know that, like, you're, like, you're not going to put me on somebody. Yeah, that's like, the other thing. You didn't get on uh, JB's three-year-old. Yeah. He <laughs> would have. That recently knocked out our man over here. Yeah. What did that bull feel like? Oh, uh, he was juicy. Yeah. He didn't feel super tough, but he, he definitely surprised me. Everything was a notch up. So he was faster. He was stronger. He kicked higher. Yeah. You know, everything was a notch up about that bull. So he, but he is, he is, I would say, rider friendly. Yeah. He no, he's not. I think he's more rider friendly, like um, proportionate to, you know, like the Carlos man of love, especially that second trip. You can tell, like, he just wants you off of his back, and he's going to, like, dart around to get you off of his back. Especially since I fell off really quickly the first time. He's like, okay. And he's so <laughs> he's so small that, like, he just kind of, and he's out from underneath you. But um, that bull, that three-year-old, that big bull, he's, uh, what do y'all call him? Is it Little Don. Little Don. Little Don. That's Willie. He's kind of, he's got, he's bred to buck, and he's, like, he's going to have a trip that, but that's a neat, I like, I like that he's back there. I like that he's there. And then like we can run something in that'll get everybody a little on their toes. Yeah. You know, even the bullfighters. <laughs> so, um, but Tony, that would be, did that bull, that's something you would want to get on if you oh, did. Oh yeah. If I was ever going to get on one there, Gary. Again, yeah. I don't know if, <clears throat> how I'd do. Yeah. But. Would you ever get on one again? It'd have to be, no, out of my own, like, yeah. just because, probably not. Yeah. There's, that's The thing is, like, every time you, you can get on one, I was never really that good at riding them. Like, if I would have been good at riding them, maybe, just because to have fun, but I'm trying to ride Bronx and stuff, it's just, like, a, not a really smart risk to take, because you can get hurt doing both. Yeah. But if, you know, you got to do what fits your goals. My goals is not yeah. to ride bulls. 100%. Yeah, like, how does this play? How how does this help my goals? And if it doesn't, then yeah. do I need to do it? Yeah. But if someone was like, I bet you $500 you won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Or it wouldn't If even it's a bull like that. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a bull like that. So my deal, mine's kind of, what, what you're talking about is similar to, like, what I've got with the uh, bareback ride. Yeah. Like, there might be a circumstance where, like, a certain hopper, if there's a moment where somebody could talk me into it or pay me enough money, maybe, but probably not ever again. And yeah. if I don't, I'm cool with that. So that's how I feel about bareback. That's how he feels about bull riding. But had you ever considered getting on Bronx since you? No. Seeing at the Lyle school, that kind of just shut it out for me. Yeah. Because those kids were getting wrecked. In the bareback riding? Yeah. Or in the actual bronc riding? Well, both. Because oh, there's dang. only like two two for each, so they run them together. Yeah. 
again. I would not man. like to be there seeing kids getting on their first bareback horses. Or Bronx. I kind of did Bronx. I I don't know. I, maybe it's just because I've I've never seen anybody else get on their first one. But the the problem is there's it's super difficult to find bulls or Bronx like for instance Baptist yeah. with a loose flank. They're just not out there. Yeah, you're gonna see a kid get on something like ba- uh, brisket, uh-huh. or like those. Every now and then, you're gonna see them get on those horses like like what we had, the three from Stace. Yeah, I think there was a kid that got on his first one out in California. Or can you imagine the the colt bucking at Stace's? Yeah. Somebody getting on their first one there. No. And the bronc riding I'm talking about. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I I'm mean, saying. you can if you want to. I'm not telling yeah. you not to go, but. Hundred percent, yeah. That's that's uh, but those horses bucked, man. Yeah, and that's why that's why I. It's easy for me to discourage it. Yeah, if I can talk you out of it, then you weren't going to do it anyway. Yeah, or you, you you then maybe you weren't. I don't know. Like, I mean, you guys, you guys, like I I don't push people to do it. You know, like you got to want to do it. Yeah. But that's what's unique about the group of bull riders we have. Like, all oh, you guys are pretty adamant. So I was talking about that with, uh, anyways, I better not bring that up. But essentially, <laughs> like, uh, it's just a friend of ours who's got a guy working for him, and he's just not about it. And when you're in this industry, specifically the rough stock end of the arena, yeah, you got to be about it. Yeah, got to be really passionate about it, or else like, there's no chance that anybody's getting on. You don't want to kind of ride bulls. No. You don't, you, want to kind of, <laughs> you don't want to kind of fight bulls. You don't want to kind of ride broncs or bears. <coughs> so I'm not going to ask you to kind of do something. No. You know? Yeah, you can't kind of die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking yeah. from experience? Yeah. I know. I woke up. That was a good one. That was a good little hit on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to limit those. <laughs> what were you thinking when you were, like, on him? Because did I you was- try to, like, no, I mean, I wasn't going to let go. I thought I was going to hit his head, pop up, and sit up straight. That's what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Take the hit. Pop oh, yeah, maybe it'll set me back yeah. up. That's a bull rider. Hell yeah. That's a bull rider. That's what I was hoping for. You were, you were meant to ride bulls. <laughs> if you literally thought maybe this bull hitting me in the head will set me back up, then you're, you're in the right profession. My man. JB. That's cool. JB would have liked that. Answer, right? That's a cool answer. <laughs> never That's what I saw in my head. <laughs> 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 and then I saw the yep. Yep. Damn. Yep. Yeah, you're. <laughs> and then I, I, all I nobody can tell you you don't want it. <laughs> if that's if that's what went through your head when you're going down to hit, maybe he'll sit me back up. Yeah, that's wild. Um, Carlos got here at a unique time. Was it three days before we left for the NFR? I think two days. We, <laughs> we've got a total of nine interns and uh, nine people that came here and started as interns. Like Donnie's not an intern anymore. You know, he's been here two and a half years. He would be uh, the OG of the nine. Um, you know, he, he's an employee, which right now Cole oh. is the only one that's not necessarily. <laughs> you all right over there? No, it's, it's fine. i'm not crying you're crying um cole is not on payroll yet so essentially eight of those nine quote-unquote interns are on payroll meaning like they're they're employees but there's they came here on the intern program so it's just easier to refer to them as such um and we had three booths in vegas at the nfr great time 
and we took eight of those nine interns to Vegas because Carlos, we just kind of had a full, we actually even had one alternate. Like yeah. you were kind of, yeah. because Mandalay was so slow. Mm-hmm. Mandalay Booth was slow, so we had Blythe um, <clears throat> and Donnie coming over in the mornings. We were doing podcasts at the Mirage. That was fun. Shout out. And, um, and yeah. Yeah. It so, was, it was fun. I, Vegas, Vegas is fun. But what did you do like while you were here? So did yeah, back chill? to, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> Carlos arrives two days before we go to the NFR, but I had nobody here to feed. So Carlos like got to hold down the fort, feed for us. And he got to work with, uh, he had to work in the warehouse. Um, it was cold a little bit, so that probably didn't suck to be inside those cold days. But, um, you were with the Graham crew. It probably got lonely. Nah, it was all right. I mean, Leroy kept me company. Yeah. And then it was a bunch of learning. Like, yeah. how to back up the hay trailer. Um, it's a hard trailer to back. Are you talking <laughs> about the, the forks? The forks. Yeah. 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 I, just, I just roll it to where I want it <laughs> and then bring the truck over. There. Yeah, because we knew Leroy was going to leave eventually, right? So yeah. So we, we focused on learning that because... It would have been it would have been bad if I didn't know how on my own. Yeah, yeah. Now you did a good job, and then uh, Leroy left and felt comfortable with you staying here to feed. So, um, and then you you went home. What do you think so far? The whole intern experience. I like it, man. I mean, we got the perfect style of bulls to learn and to get better. There's rodeo around us, and it's Texas. Lots of rodeo. Lots of rodeo and, amateur stuff. And you throw a dart at the map and hit a rodeo. Right? Yep. And, you know, we're getting paid. Like, who wouldn't do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty perfect scenario for um, for someone like yourself, for someone like Donnie, Blythe. Like, you're interested in this industry. Like, I, I, th- I think it is, you know. I can see how if somebody came here and decided they didn't want to ride bulls or bronx or they weren't you know then all of a sudden it's like it's not so perfect you know but that's anywhere you go so yeah come spring well like really you could go to some rodeos now yeah like even stockyards is every weekend and we're two hours from there less than two hours from the stockyards so like if you really wanted to just enter up but i i don't know the 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 point at which each of you are at I'm kind of thinking we wait till the spring. We keep getting on practice, especially this warm weather we're having. If this warm weather is going to let us practice, we need to keep practicing. And then we'll go to them come spring and summertime. That's when Don, we need to get Willie in his first rodeo. We need to get, I don't know, Kevin's been in some. Kevin was like you. Kevin had to, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of go where he was, like go to rodeos to get on bulls. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we got to make a trip to go pick up Bronx soon. Got a couple Bronx. Oh, so, really? Yep. Soon? Coming? That's, that'll be fun. Three total. I'm going to get two from a church. I'm going to buy one from a bareback rider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might I might swap brisket for one of the two. Uh-huh. So we would have four total Bronx. That's, but That's a lot. Yeah. They're all kind of per- pretty perfect, I think. So we'll see. But rodeo time, man. It's yeah. the beaches of Winnebago. <laughs> yeah. You can't be short of stock. I know. 
that's the, that's a bad feeling whenever you got like people around that are hungry and and I don't mind I do not mind I mean like that's why y'all are here so I don't mind pouring the feed to an extra bronc an extra bull or two when everybody is craving it and we buck them and people are like when when people are asking can we buck this bull a second time cuz we've got on everything else when we are borderline about to load one of the yearlings yeah. <laughs> to practice on like i don't mind that like man let's get let's get another bull or two in here get some feet because that's why you guys are here and you all work hard um and none of you are kind of doing it it's different for you blythe because mm. you're learning whether or not you want to do it that's yeah. different I'm learning kind of everything if you're trying something now there'll come a point where you get on mm-hmm. once you, if you've been on 33 head mm-hmm. and you're still yeah <laughs> then that, that's that. when you know it's like hey we're not doing this anymore yeah. you know but if you've been on one yeah. or two and you want to get on one more to mm-hmm. figure out if it's something you like kind of like the school thing you were talking about so yeah which have you ever loaded a yearling no because they these are all pretty straight yeah so i think they'd be fine mm-hmm. but they um you don't want them to get sick before they go to the sale barn and, yeah. you know, stress them like that. We bucked that uh, Bramer-looking calf, that bull calf we had at Wacamole a while back. Remember he's kind of hooky? <laughs> no. Fighting cow? No, he was a he, he was real Bramer-looking. I don't know where, who, like what bull he was. Did he, was it a while, oh, a while back and I still maybe had that. He was out he of He might have been out of Walter. Walter. But Walter wasn't here when I got here. It was one of the first calf crops that I that I had ever Maybe seen. Maybe it was out of Walter. We had got rid of Walter. And then, okay. Yeah, I could see that. I forgot about, all about it. He's kind of hooky. Yeah. But we, I got on him. I, I mean, mean, I do. <laughs> I'm not I trying to be like, hey, I, I did it. this. I was just, I was like, we did buck one one time. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's, I don't, I do plan on going to the sale barn yeah. soon. So. The way Christmas and New Year's Day fell, like they haven't, the next one's not going to be till January 3rd. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to pick up a, a bull that day. Yeah. Just because we're going to turn around and go to Music Fest a couple of days later. So, but maybe when I get back in January, I plan on grabbing a few bull, uh, sale barn bulls mm-hmm. to try out. Yeah. For, for y'all to try out. Cause it would be nice to have one more frostbite. I'd almost like to swap out frostbite. Cause he's big. Well, He's just, I'd like, I don't, I don't know. A little more kick. Yeah. And, and man, we've just really wore him out. Like if, if it's, he's a little big and if he had the perfect trip and he was big, that'd be different. But his trip is just a little long. He covers a little too much ground and he's also big. So like these guys getting started, that's why we're not putting Blythe on him because he's so big. It's like. Dale wouldn't let me. His long trip. If he (laughs) steps on her, it's going to hurt. Yeah. You know, too bad. Whereas. Carlos, you can still get hurt on Carlos. Yeah. But it's not going to hurt as bad if he steps on your calf. Yeah. You know, like like uh, Gabe got stepped on. Yeah. By yeah. frostbite. And that sucker's sore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gabe is sore, sore. Or like that hit you took to the head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I was, got. That would have hurt. He kind of grazed you. But if he would have been heavier. But he's like a big roping steer. So yeah. you, you didn't even notice it at the time. Yeah. Frostbite. It Adrenaline. Hurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So Rick I'm big. so frustrated with myself about what for missing out on that dang bull that I took the video of that that guy 
had tied in his trailer. Oh, yeah. When we already went there? When we were So the I'm there Sunday. I see this bull arrive. The, the guy had like a half-top trailer, and so he had this bull tied in there with a ratchet strap, <laughs> a rope around his horns, two ropes around his back. It was hilarious. <laughs> and the guy funny. knew it was hilarious. He was a great sport. <laughs> he and I were talking, and super sweet guy, whatever, older man. And uh, they unload the bull, and all these guys are giving it. It looks like a Dale Brisby rig, whatever. Yeah. And then the next day is when JB and I go in there, and we're buying those calves. That same bull comes in the ring. I'm like, oh, that's that bull. I'm looking for a bull to buck mm -hmm. at the house as a practice bull. And I'm like, oh, that's that bull. Okay, well, let's get him out of the arena so I can find a bull that's exactly <laughs> like him that we can maybe buck. He goes out of the arena and JB, somebody buys him. JB's like, man, that'd have been a good one for y'all to practice on. I was like, what an idiot. <laughs> I just had so much on my mind. It just didn't even, like, he was right in front of me. Like, yeah. I'm the reason I'm there is to buy you guys a practice bull. And this bull goes, anyway. We were all there. <laughs> yeah. But we were yeah. focused. <clears throat> so that's one thing that we've done recently with you interns is uh, a couple of fields. We went to the Sailborn. We went to Craig Cameron's. Got some riding lessons from Craig. That was cool. Someone's riding better. Do what? Someone's riding better. Blythe? <laughs> yeah. Blythe was, is riding a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I'd been on a horse like three times before I went to Craig Cameron's, and then I was like, I, I've i never like really like loped with a, on a horse. And Craig was like, okay, <laughs> let's go. And I was like, I, I just didn't know what I was doing, so I want to get on, at least I want to get on Boone like every day, if yeah. that's if that's Yeah, cool. absolutely. She got on, well, Sunday it's supposed to be 17 degrees, so oh, yes. you might skip that day. For your sake. And we might take it. <laughs> Boone would enjoy it, getting warmed go. up. Oh, let's go. You know, but I'm ready. You, might, you, you might not. You just look like a completely different person from last week. I think. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. did you? were you over there last night? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you saw her yesterday. Yeah, because yeah, I saw her too. I had to take off and go get grab some food. But yeah, you, you yesterday is when I noticed mm -hmm. it. I was like, man, she's turned to flip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just it's fun. Same thing I told, and I told you this last night, but I told Nick, you know, when he was here, and he was only here for two months, but like riding horses, a lot like anything in life, bull riding, et cetera, like you can't read about it. You can't take a, you know, course at a, at a college and watch videos on it and then come away with, from it and just know how to do it. You just can't. Like you can take a, you can take a, 12 hour course on how to edit a video and, and pretty much know how to edit videos. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it might take you a while to become an artist at it like Donnie is, but, um, it's not that way with riding horses. Like that's why you see a big difference in someone that just started and someone that's been doing it for, since they were a kid, you know, that's why that, that person doing it as kid would have an advantage. So I told Nick, I was like, Cause he's like, I want to be a cowboy. And that's why I came here. You know, he, he figured out real quick. He didn't want to be a bull rider. He wanted to be a cowboy. And I said, you need to wear as much leather off the tree as possible. And, um, what that means is, you know, a saddle is made up of a tree, which is wood. That's, you know, kind of the foundation. And then the leather is wrapped around it. And imagine sitting in that same saddle three, four five hours a day for 10 years. Well, you're going to wear through that leather. So that's where that saying comes from. It's in a, out of a Chris Ledoux song. And, and so that's what Nick tried to do while he was here. And, uh, and that's what 
my, was my advice to Blythe because Nick also turned to flip. He came here looking like a beginner and left here looking a little bit less like a beginner. You know, there's only so much you can do in two months. So it's been about a year since he's been here. He called me yesterday and wants <laughs> to um, go work in a feedlot in Kansas. And he was asking if that was a good next step. And I said, absolutely. What has he been doing since? Or just He's been in school. He's, he'll college? be done. Yeah. So he's, he's been interning like an actual intern. Uh, I think he just came. No, oh. it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, everything kind of shut down that summer. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go to yeah. school that fall. And yeah. it was the fall that nobody went to school. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so he came here during that time. Mm-hmm. And then he was going back in the spring. Or no 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 no. He it was went in the to summer work for somebody. It was he, in something like that. We yeah, you know, it was right before we filmed Netflix because he was actually filmed that first week with us. He was supposed to be in the show. Yeah, and then it ended up getting cut. Whatever, but he went to work for somebody that had bulls and that had cows as well. Was it Roy Carter? Sounds right. Sound Roy sounds right. I can't remember. So he Some, wasn't somebody in- down there. Somebody in East Texas somewhere. He worked there for a while, and then he and then he worked at a ranch. This summer, I think he went back home and worked at a ranch somewhere around Prosper. Um, worked apprenticed for a farrier. Yeah, um, has so been doing that a lot. He wasn't into rodeo events. He had been on twenty bulls. Okay, when he came, but as here. far as his experience in the Western industry, I think that's about it. There was he had none. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, he's worked at five, six different. Branches part time interned here, and then now he's going to go to potentially he's thinking about it go mm-hmm. to work at a, a feedlot in Kansas, which I told him was a great next step. You know, kind of monotonous feedlot jobs are, but for someone new to the inter- industry that's wanting to learn, really good place to just learn cattle, um, their health, their behavior, and how the feedlot phase works there's three phases cow calf stalker and then feedlot and so it's a it's a pretty important phase in feeding america mm-hmm. it was cool that we, no man uh, it was cool like going to that ranch last week yeah so like that was seeing. the third going back to where this conversation started the third we, we went to craig's mm-hmm. we went to um the sale barn just for about a half day and then we went to the ra brown ranch and so since they've got so many bulls that they sell each year they've got a, a kind of a, a little feedlot set up where they'll feed those bulls. So field trip. Was yeah. Fun. And that was that was thorough. Yeah. I thorough. liked it a lot. It yeah. was cool. I felt like I was back in school in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we t- we would take field trips like that and some of them weren't even that good. Yeah. Yeah, like as good mm-hmm. as we got. Hundred percent. And sure. there's a couple of programs. TCU ranch management, they do a, a it's like two semesters, but it's the equivalent of taking like twenty six or seven hours per semester. Very intense. So it's like you come out of it like a fifty plus hours worth of like that in, in one year is what it would be like That's doing. Crazy. Like interning here. You get a lot of experience. And so that that TCU ranch management deal, what they do is maybe two or three weeks per semester they take field trips and they'll go I think they go to King Ranch. They'll, you know, they'll do a South Texas trip and they'll, they'll see all kinds of operations. My old man went through it. And so that's where that idea came from. And it's something that I want to build on. So I've got a couple ideas on where we're going next. So 
but yeah. they're a little more local. Well, Throckmorton's pretty local. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's, if it's, if you're someone, I could see someone, for instance, like a Nick who is dead set on going into this profession. They could go there and it's going to give them a pretty good idea of like where they may want to go next. So had Nick been here when we went to R.A. Brown, they, he got to see, you know, we got to see their ranch and set up and then, but we really got to see their feed program. So that might, you know, reveal to him what it would be like to work in a feedlot. So he might get either super excited and want to go do it or he may decide not to, which is just as valuable. Knowing what you don't want to do is just as valuable as knowing what you do want to do. Carlos wants to ride bulls. Is there anything you know that you don't want to do? I don't want to work at a warehouse. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, damn. <laughs> no, but warehouse in the sense of manufacturing. You know what I mean? Assembly line. Assembly line. There you go. Yeah. I don't think I would ever go back to that. A fact, you know, like factory. A factory. Well, one of the reasons that we're kind of trying to transition you into this new position is you had said you had hoped that at your old job you were going to move into more of a sales type position something where you're going to be dealing with people right this job that you're going into now you're not necessarily dealing with people but it is a little bit you know you're going to work on graphic design which is something you're also passionate about so definitely not an assembly line but is still a lot indoors. I don't mind the indoors. I just don't want to be a button pusher. Right. I don't want to. Dude. <laughs> got some experience? Uh, yes. Uh, I won't interrupt, but I got a story for later <laughs> about <laughs> pushing buttons. So I did an internship um, at a, they had a couple stores, but they also had an ag department, like a grain elevator and, and a, a seed house, they called it. And I worked in a feed mill at this grain elevator when I, for the most part. And one day the guy that uh, oversaw my internship came and got me from the feed mill. I was like, hey, I want you to also see this part of um, what we do here. So we, I walk with him down to this, the seed house is what they called it. And where they were down there, they were packaging deer corn. Just, just <laughs> filling, in, filling up a bag, you know, put it on a conveyor belt. And then it goes to a self-stacker. And then it goes, um, a guy would bring it from the self-stacker with a forklift and set it on this, uh, wrapper. Like it would just spun around and wrapped it with the, wrap the whole pallet. Yeah. yeah wrap the whole pallet. And, uh, so the guy takes me down there and he's like, all right, I just want you to stand here and press this button. So this guy doesn't have to get off the forklift, like, and it'll wrap it <laughs> and just put a tally mark every time I stood there for like a little bit and wrapped like four or five of them. I was like, I'm not doing this. I was like, I'm, I'm going back up to the, to the female where I can do stuff stuff like yeah i I won't i'm not gonna do mindless stuff they never said anything to me but i was fully prepared to have a battle about that but i was gonna tell them i'm like look i'm i'm not your guy for that i'm not gonna sit there and press a button they never said anything to you about you going back yeah just walk just walking out and going back to the female but i thought that was ridiculous yeah yeah especially like if the guy doesn't want to get off the forklift well, I don't even know that it was like he said he didn't, like he was just, but they, he told me, he's like, I want you to learn about this down here. I was like, I'm not learning anything yeah. by pressing a button. Right. <laughs> like, this is, this is not cool, but. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that 
because the next thing I was about to say to Carlos was if we go down that road and you find out that it is too similar to quote unquote button pushing, then you just tell me. And then like, okay, maybe there's something different that we find for you. And then eventually maybe it's like, man, there's not anything here. <laughs> if you were to say that. And, uh, and if you needed to go on your way, then, then, then we could part as friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that it's simple. You just, I don't know, especially in that, what I would like if Donnie is, it's good that Donnie was mature enough to, uh, to see, hey, real quick, hey, I don't want to do this, yeah. you know, and then you just laugh. Rather than, because the, the other thing that happens a lot, you sit there for four months, you hate it every moment. When you come in, you nod at your boss and act like you like it or just stay in the middle of the road, and then all of a sudden you blow up and you're yeah. just like, I'm out of here. Maybe catch the place on fire on your way out. Like that, that's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like the, That's the bad part. Yeah. So like to avoid that, you know, you were mature enough to just well, say, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. Whereas being, you were an, in, it was an internship. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like sometimes interns get bottom of the barrel stuff. Well, what I was doing up in the, the female was not like romantic work. Like right. it, but it was, you know, mixing ingredients and doing stuff like that and, Something that you could like use your brain. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I liked it. I liked work dealing with like medicine and like you had to add drugs to some feed and stuff like that. And yeah, like, learning like what animals couldn't have certain. Right. I thought that was neat. Was yeah. you, what was your degree in? Or ag business. <laughs> ag business. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <clears throat> I also went to a. A trucking the trucking department for like two weeks and now it's not good here what'd you I, do i don't know if i'm supposed to be talking about this i can edit it out yeah but um i got to this trucking thing and inside this warehouse they had this whole room inspecting bot little glass bottles and the first thing they do is sit me down in this assembly line of people inspecting these little glass bottles and i started doing that and i was like god oh. To make sure they were clean? What does that have to do with trucking? Nothing. Nothing, but this was just at the trucking warehouse. Like, it was a whole different trucking department, like, a half hour, 45 minutes down the road that I had to go to for two huh. weeks. But luckily, the warehouse guy was super cool there, and we realized real quick that I told him, I was like, man, this isn't really yeah anything to do with my degree or, like, what I'm interested in. So, look, he was like, he's he gave me a lot of, little freedom stuff. yeah but he's like hey man we really need to spray weeds around the like here's a here's a truck here's a t like a sprayer tank i was like heck yeah like this yeah like, this isn't this is something i can do for you right what were you hoping to do when you went there for the trucking nothing i didn't like maybe if, if i had to do something down there like deal with logistics and yeah. learn a little bit about that but it was yeah. <clears throat> i mean my main focus was ag and mm. How many internships have you had? Like that was the only one. I did that one for credit, and like to graduate college. Yeah, we've only had one person do that. It was the first. I was one. gonna do this one as that, but I kind of found out last minute that I was actually coming. So yeah, I'm still working on it, getting college credit this next semester. Oh, so you might get, you might. Yeah, I've yeah. been I've been looking at it. You should. Last semester I didn't, so this semester is like. 
I do it online anyway, so. <laughs> right, yeah, you should. Yeah, Blythe is still going to school. Blythe is going online, so uh, casually taking some classes. <laughs> but uh, it takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. I took some classes online once. I, well, I should say, they? you'd have to ask my sister. Oh. <laughs> She's the one that. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> College algebra. Yeah. Ugh. She didn't like, I mean, I don't know. One of them, I took speech online <laughs> i had to do zoom like back before zoom was really zoom but um no and that and that's the whole thing the reason we do the field trips is because like most of the time a lot of the people that reach out they're interested in learning about this industry so we also have some other things that make the wheels go around in addition to a few cows we've got this warehouse and that's where the video comes in for for those of you that are listening that are interested in the internship, real quick, if you text me the word intern to the phone number 940-353-0890, text me the word intern. Periodically, when I do need an intern, I will send a YouTube video. It's 18 minutes long, and it explains what your day-to-day is like. And Did you get to watch that? Yes, sir. You did. Okay, so you had a pretty good understanding, like, this is what every day looks like. Um, this is what I'm going to be working at towards. And then I will uh, get to pursue my dream also. So for you, which is riding bulls. What percentage is riding bulls and also like ranching? Is it like 80-20 or is it just like 100% riding bulls and the rest is just kind of extra? I think it's 80-20 just because – Riding bulls might lead to a name. A name can become a brand, and a brand can become a ranch. So. Dang. <laughs> I like his answers. <laughs> He's had some good answers today. That's very um, well thought out. That's the- Say that again. <laughs> I was like, it just left my brain. It's gone. But no, 80 uh, 20, bull riding, yeah. ranching. Bull riding because, can become a name. Yeah, bull riding can become a name, which would be like a reputation. A name can become a brand. And a brand can become a ranch. There's a lot of wisdom behind that right there. There's a lot. You might have, you. do you have some entrepreneurial tendencies? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. He's here. It's just No, real talk. Do you have like entrepreneurial type tendencies? Do you like, would, do you see yourself maybe one day like owning your own business or selling something? Oh, or, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There in Georgia, I guess not. They're becoming more real the more I hang out here. But in Georgia, they were just far-fetched ideas, you know, brainstorming with your buddies. What's they? What ideas? The entrepreneurial tendencies. So, but you've got specific ideas. Oh yes, sir. Like what are they? Like, if you want to share them, <laughs> uh, just starting up the brand. Like I have the brand. Blythe has seen it. The three cross, because there's three De La Cruz's in my family, mm-hmm. and our name's De La Cruz, so of the cross. So that would be, for example, the ranch logo, kind of like uh-huh. um, where we took the field trip. Yep. I like how their logo is also their brand. Like, yep. Their hot iron, that's what I would do. It was probably the brand first, and their brand became the logo. Yeah, that's. I think that's cool. Yep. Um, I don't know. So what's your brand? Uh, it's a three. And then the sh- the three makes a shadow, but the shadow is a cross. Gotcha. Yeah, so three Dela Cruz is right. Nice. Yes, sir. 
So that's the ultimate goal is to get back home and start a ranch with your brothers. Uh, it might be something for my brothers to fall back on, but it would be more for myself. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. They're not it's, into that whole world. I see. So it's just, it's, it's your deal. It's my deal. Yes, and you want it to be in Georgia? Anywhere, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So you grew up not in like a, a rodeo family? No, I'm first generation rodeo, first generation cowboy. So what made you interested in it? It was just an itch. <laughs> and then Lau helped me scratch it. And then Lau, he didn't brainwash me, but he fueled me with confidence. You know, that whole natural talent thing. And I was like, I do have natural talent. <laughs> well, he didn't lie. <laughs> he, he's he got a good eye for it because he was right. Like, you got it. Like, if you only been on 80 Bulls and you rode Tony and right. you rode Prison Mike and, like, that's, yeah, guys don't typically. Yeah, because if it, he didn't say it in a nice way either. It wasn't like, hey, you're, you're good. You, like, grab my face mask. And he was like, you have natural talent. If you're going to use it, you know, stick to it. And uh, if he wouldn't have done that, I probably would have left the school not wanting to try again. Like Really? Yeah, like, I got banged up. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I... Was he halfway getting on to you about something? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wouldn't run out of the arena. I would just kind of walk out. <laughs> That's a pretty important one. Yeah, he doesn't like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Lyle's pretty adamant about, like, when you get off your bull to, like, run out of the arena and... You know, bullfighters like that too because then they don't have to save you a second time. The They're going to give you one good exit. You know, the good ones, that second exit is on you. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I don't know. They're, they'll probably help you out, but it's like if they have to get hurt because you're walking out, that's pretty crappy. You know what I mean? Um, now, there's some bulls you'll see some of these guys casually walk away from because they might really know the bull and they know where they landed and they don't have to hustle out. But you need to get in the habit of running out because this rascal's going to be in your shorts. Yeah, I could, that's one thing that... There's a few things... Lyle's seen someone die in the arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, he's got some... He's got some things in his procedures that he's very adamant about for good reason. And he does not discriminate. Like if you come in there and you are the chosen one, if you if he's no if I were to go in there, like he's not gonna treat anybody different. He's going to say, do or don't do this, this, and this while you're in my arena at my school. You know, and he and it, and it, he's got a good point. Like if you're if you go somewhere to learn something, what's the point in like being adamant about doing it your way while you're there? If you're there to learn, do it the way the teacher is instructing you. That way you can at least try it, you know, especially if it's a teacher you trust, especially if they're in the Rodeo Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? If they've, if they've been to the NFR, if they've won a gold buckle, if they won the average at the NFR, you know, et cetera, whatever. Like, try it their way. And so that's what Lyle's adamant about. But uh, that's neat that you had that moment. Yeah, that's, that's what really <clears throat> But if you weren't, if you weren't, he wouldn't have said it because he's not going to blow smoke because the last thing he would want is if he knew that you were done and if he knew that it was just a weekend thing, the last thing he's going to do is tell you to go keep doing what you're doing because you're, you might get hurt where well, this isn't tennis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He no offense to tennis nope. players. Me? Nope. Carlos did. You played tennis? Yeah, I played tennis. Well, then you know the difference, don't you? Yes, sir. You can casually play tennis. You ain't going to casually get on <laughs> J.B. Mooney's yeah. three-year-old that's at Dale Brisby's house. 
because that joker, you still got a little mark on your face. Do you learn better with like positive or negative uh, in- encouragement? Like, because he was uh, like, he was like, I enjoy that. constructive criticism, but yeah. Yeah. I can do both. I don't yeah. shy away from either. What have you learned that works better, positive or negative? Not negative, but like more stern. Or like just. It's hard for me to be stern. (laughs) 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 It's hard for me to be stern. Uh, Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm stern. Um, I'm stern like in the arena sometimes. There's a few things like there's a few like. I might yell at somebody. Um, there's some coachable times where like, yeah, like I've, I've yelled at people to get out of the arena. I've yelled at kids to get out of the shoots. Uh, third or fourth intern I had, I yelled at pretty good to get out of a shoot. He was just kind of, mm-hmm. he was too scared. And, and anyway, so there's times where like I'm stern, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I try to, uh, but I mean it, you know, like I'll, I'll, sometimes like it's good to give somebody something to work on and then it's good to give somebody something they did right. You know, like you don't want to just completely tear somebody apart all the time, mm-hmm. you know, so like, hey, you did this good and then work on this. If you listen to me, like after I talk to people, typically that's what I'm going to do. You did this right, work on this. And I think that's what we should do as competitors each time we're in the arena. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I did this, this, and this right, but I need to work on this. Because we're, being rodeo cowboys, like, we don't have a coach. We don't have assistant coaches. We don't have trainers. We don't have the cheerleaders. We don't have anybody telling us we're great, you know. And and usually we are the, our, the hardest on ourselves. And you can, you can literally make a 90-point ride and find something you need to work on. With that being said, you can – you can go down a road where ev- you're picking yourself apart and all of a sudden you're deteriorating your own confidence. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that coin is you can talk yourself up <laughs> when you're really not that good. So you got to find you got to find some some middle ground there where you give yourself something to work on but then you also build on something, you know. Well, it was a really great mark out. So I'm going to build on that. Well, I need to um lift and stay back and set my feet harder next time i don't don't know whatever it is you know yeah anyways because it's serious i mean like this isn't like i mean tennis is awesome and i'm sure you were a really good tennis player but yeah it's like it's dangerous yeah well a lot of these sports are pretty similar in that it once you get to a physical level you know where you can get across the tennis court or you can get out over a bull. Once you get to that, the, the, the part where you're not like way overweight or way out of shape or et cetera, then it's, it really comes down to a mental game. You know, whether you're, whether you're talking about tennis, golf or bull riding, if you can control your emotions and then execute the fundamentals mentally and physically, then, you know, which comes back to the mental game anyway. So, in that aspect, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about tennis or, right? Yeah, it's all, men- yeah, it's all mental because, like, that little dawn ride, I was off the ball in the shoot. I should have restarted and got my marbles back together. Like how I was saying, I'm going to just take them however, and you were like, no, take them how you want them. Yeah. I should have restarted. 
Yeah. I was already off in the shoot. And I, I fought it out. I fought the first two jumps out, but mentally I wasn't, I'm going to ride the sucker. Right. Well, and there, there's moments. Like, it's 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 one thing if somebody's stalling because they're nervous or trying to get that bull, like, soaking the bull or trying to catch a knot. But it's another thing if, like, no, you've been hustling and, and you just – I've hustled – you can hustle yourself out of a good ride. You know, like, it's great to keep the show going, but also, like, if you need a moment to get something right, then get it right, you know. Um, you can tell the difference. You can watch and you can tell the difference when somebody's like dragging their feet because they don't want to do it or they're nervous or whatever the reason is, as opposed to someone who's just like, they need to get it right. What gets me is like the NFR. Like when a horse isn't standing good or a bull's not standing good, like, man, this might be this guy's only chance. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, like, you don't want to treat that rodeo as if it's anything different because you don't want to change your, your shoot procedure. But sometimes I'm like, man, that's a tough position because yeah. you you've got everyone pressuring you to go. I don't see how you wouldn't be rushed. The crowd's waiting, the announcers waiting, the music is about at its climax. The judges are waiting, the shoot boss is yelling, the next guy's ready to ride. But this isn't right. Like that right there is a that's a tough situation. Don't you get a fine too if you're like late? Oh no? yeah, definitely. Yeah. They can fine you. They can turn you out. You can get dq there's all kinds of little things that typically that won't happen like yeah. if you know but yeah. anyway did you try any other events in rodeo or just bull riding? No, just bull riding yeah so what were we gonna say oh, i was just gonna talk about rider taking that one laying down but that's a little kind of a bad example because he's ice cold anyways i don't know that it really mattered to him How, it was two years it wasn't this year was yeah, yeah 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 um, and then what happened? He rode the snot out of him and freaking, yep. which is also a bad example. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So what he's saying. I think he might even won the round. He wasn't, he didn't have his everything straight on this bull. And in his mind, he knew he didn't. Yeah. And it, it created doubt. And you nodded your head with doubt. Yeah. The difference in Ryder, it's like, he was thinking, I don't give a sh if you're. Yeah. Laying on your belly, I don't care who you are. When you come out of here, I'm gonna mark you out and I'm gonna ride. Yeah, you know. So I think the difference. It is a good example because the difference is that mind frame and his mind was right. He felt because they got to stand up. Yeah, you know. Um, there's certain ways where a horse might be laying down where, like, you know, they're not gonna roll over. Most of the time, it's bulls laying down. Bulls laying down that guys have a hard time taking. But. Man, I wish there was a. It was like the eighth round. J.W. Harris, who has since retired, he took a bull laying down at the NFR, and rode him to seven and a half seconds. I mean, you ride a bull at the NFR for seven and a half seconds, like it wasn't the start that bucked you off. You know what I mean? I wish for the story's sake he would have. There was some bull too. I I want to say that Ty Murray took laying down back in the day. That was like an important moment. Yeah. I can't remember the story, but I think Ty Murray took one laying down. But there's 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 spots where they might be like leaning on the gate in a certain way, or like the way they're crouching, like where you may not take them laying down. But there's other times where it don't matter, and you can nod your face. I love to take bulls laying down. I loved it. But Cody Demos took one laying down, 
at the NFR. This year? No, a while back. It's been a while. He'll do it too. He'll do it too. He's 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 unique. He's a lot like he's he's kind of like Ryder in that sense. Like I'm gonna ride you no matter what. Most of the time, guys will tell you to get up off of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll take. That's what I was getting. I'll take them down if the stock contractor lets me. Bulls normally they don't care. The reason why they do that with horses is because of the flank. Oh, okay. Like a bull, the flank is tip. If he's already got the flank set, like okay, whatever. He's got to stand up anyways. Might as well stand up and go. But a horse, it's hard for that the the flank man to get the flank if he's like laying down, laying down. Um, but somebody like in Ryder's situation, he was kind of just down on his front end. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which still guys most often won't do. But the, if the flank man can still flank him, then that's probably that's that's why there's a big difference. So, but yep, 2022. <laughs> you got any New Year's resolutions? No, just long term goals. Just make the NFR next year, I guess. Next year. Next year or 2023. At least make it real. Like, folk, ride hard this year, to where next year someone's like, you need to be pushing for the NFR. Yep. That that's where I want to be. Yep. That's good. Yeah. I heard Chance Smart, he was a bull rider, NFR bull rider. He was like he was like really worried he wasn't gonna make the NFR and somebody I think it was Matt Austin asked him. He was like, Well, if you don't make it this year, what are you gonna do? Try to make it next year. <laughs> oh, okay. Well if you don't make it next year, what are you gonna do? Try to make it the next year. Oh, okay. But he was just like so because he was so worried about yeah. it. He was like worried like You do well, it because you like to do it. Yeah. Like I mean What are you gonna do if you don't make yeah. it? Try making next year. <laughs> you know, like it was such a simple answer, yeah. you know, and it's just like because it was late. This is like, you know, September in you know, October kind of timeline anyway. Uh did it catch you off guard when Donnell Brown at the R. A. Brown asked about the five year plan? <laughs> or were you pretty um, it caught me off guard because everything switched since I came here. Like I have, I had my plan in Georgia where I had like a life set and it was very monotonous and I was chipping away at that. Now that I came here, I kind of just, now it's all about me, you know, it's bull riding. How can I help Dell? How can I better myself within the company, whether it be media or corporate? You know, so everything kind of switched up and. I'm gathering all my eggs right now. Yep. You feel focused? I feel really focused. That's neat. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Yeah. You've got a vision. Man of vision, you say. (laughs) Out of a vision. So you didn't imagine yourself in somewhere like here like a year ago where you Um, got the internship? or? No, I didn't. I I don't know how you would be able to even imagine that. That's true. It's a completely different world. (laughs) Yeah. Georgia's way the heck over there. Yeah. Then the people yesterday drove here to the warehouse from Georgia to meet Dale Brisby. Didn't even send an email <laughs> to find out if I was going to be here. I was like, he might be here later, but. <laughs> Thankfully, I showed up. Yeah. Drove Just 16 hours to this this warehouse. Yeah, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, then Georgia. Well, you got Went a through- bed in the back. All those states to get here. Yeah. But that's where you are. This is a whole nother world. Might as well be a different country. It is a different country. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. The ground's different. 
The trees are different. Soap wash a few different. Uh, I don't know. Oh, real talk. There's like dip, the dip, the harder or softer yeah, water. Yeah, waters are different. Yeah, the and water's like different here than it is back home. For yeah, sure. water can be different, and it's just like, gosh dang, it takes forever to get the soap off. I haven't noticed that. Anyways, <laughs> I like hard so, water personally. Yeah. So not here. Or water, back home. Uh, it's it's a little softer here, or at least it is at my house. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Did this, the five-year plan catch you off guard? Uh, I've never really been one. I've always hated that question. Yeah. Like, that was, like, one of my biggest fears about graduating college was going to an interview and getting asked that question. I don't know why, but, like, I mean, you have dreams and aspirations, I guess, but, like, a, so, a set five-year plan, I don't know. Uh-huh. I've never been one to have that. I kind of just yeah do my thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I I talked to somebody. I think TCU has gone to the R.A. Brown Ranch for their field trips. Yeah. And somebody went there like years ago, maybe 20. I can't remember when this person went through the program at TCU, but they said they went to the R.A. Brown Ranch, and Donnell did the same thing. Yeah. He asked everybody. He said, tell, tell me your name, where you're from, and your five-year plan. And then remembered everyone's name, but, but asked the same question. Yeah. So I thought that was neat, you know, just to hear, find that out, you know, cause it, it, and and it didn't seem like something that was spontaneous. You know, you could tell that he had hosted a group and taught some young people before. Very Mm -hmm. good at it. What about you, Blythe? I remember you asking me that question when I went up to you about the internship and I was like, I would say it's all up to the Lord, but like, those people are like, oh, just give it to God. Like, I mean, I could I could say that and just do nothing for like five years. But I mean, right now I see like getting finished with college. Then I, I like rodeo a lot. So I want to do something with that. Um, and like media, I love editing videos. I just told them when we went to R.A. Brown Ranch, I was like, I just like editing videos and like filming them and stuff. So definitely something with that. Yep. Like, I don't know. Everybody needs somebody like that. So that can just. You're also in charge of the JBDB Buck and Bull page. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any raw footage of us with JB? I'm sure. We need to give. You need some of that to yeah. put, make some stuff for that page. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know I'm running it. They think it's you or, or JB. Right. Like, you sent me some screenshots of like the <laughs> important stuff. I was like, uh, this person there, wants to. All see. contacts are important. I did not mean that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not that anyone, any 14 year old kid that DMs me, 33 year old single mom, like, or dad, whatever. <laughs> contacts she doesn't have the answer to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like someone asked a very specific question about a bull for sale. Yep. That's the kind of, that's what yep. I meant. Yeah. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, I remember. And, and, and it's something that I kind of like to ask most people. Yeah. Because some people just, for instance, this guy sent in an awesome, well, I can't even remember his name, but he sent in an awesome video. And he was a little bit more of a, a hipster, which is cool. I got friends that are hipsters, but he wasn't like a, he, he didn't grow up ranching. And um, he was, dang, I can't remember what his name was. It was it was the night before I went and had surgery in November. Oh yes. But I liked this guy. 
had a great. He sent in an intern video. I feel like so his name was Dylan. Maybe yes. So, but he was coming here to be an intern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if you'd like to be an employee, I'd so like I up the stakes immediately. I was like, let me do you one better. Can I mm-hmm. hire you? And then you still, and uh, I came out of the deal, and Lisa was like, came out of surgery, and Lisa was like, yeah, he said he was going to take another job. I was like, what in the hell did you apply for this? You applied to work somewhere for free. You then, not only do are you accepted, but I offer you a job to pay you immediately. And you turn, you turn it down. I was like, what sort of trickery is this? <laughs> I'm a little confused by your tactics. But he had, a, he had a girlfriend in like Colorado Springs or something. And so he took a job at a luxury apartment in Denver. You couldn't be more opposite. Right. <laughs> Hence the, where do you want to be in five years? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because yeah. if, like, if the answer is I want to run luxury apartments in Denver... This may not be the best fit for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Winnebago life is a little different than that Denver life. Okay. You know, like you kind of got to want to be here to be here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. You got to, got to, got to have a reason. And I did have a, a conversation with uh, one of the interns recently that we were talking about it. And he said, I mean, you got to live somewhere. You know what I mean? I had that talk with somebody a while back mm-hmm. that worked for us and, they didn't know what they wanted to do. And they're just kind of floating around. They were, you know, driving a lot back and forth. And I was like, well, you got to live somewhere, you know? So, um, but anyway, you need to go somewhere where, I mean, shoot, this is freaking America. You might as well go somewhere where you can, mm-hmm. you know, do what you love to do, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, so he asked me my five-year goal, mm-hmm. and it was uh, to... If I get to do exactly what I'm doing right now, if my 2027 looks like 2022, now I want progression in a yeah, lot of ways. Naturally. Yeah. But if my day to day is the same, that's a win. Bingo. Yep. I'm there. That's what, that's everything I'm working towards is to continue do doing what I'm doing. That's what I'm working towards. I feel towards. that. Like if I can be riding Bronx professionally and like going. Yeah. And just do this when. I'm not going. Yeah. Like, That's a win. Yeah, absolutely. That's a win. What well, um so so we kind of we we skipped to the 5-year plan because we had been talking about that recently on the field trip, but what's your uh New Year's resolution? Man, I just want to grind. Like I kind of got lazy second half of the year. Yeah. Just wasn't doing it. I need to get back on that. Yeah. Just be grinding. New Year's resolution, Blythe? Uh well, the gyms are going to be super packed. I'm not ready for that. But um, I want to learn, like, so I've been getting on Boone somewhat, but I want to, yep. like, get on him consistently and then, like, go up to, like, horses that I haven't been on. Bandito, so, like, Buckethead. Yeah, yeah, just get good at that. And then uh, we'll see. Because I want to I wanna le- learn more about, like, different rodeo events. Even yep. though, like, I think, I, I think all of them are, really like, pretty cool. But, um. Yeah, just get get better, like, doing the things that I have been doing and just... Yep. My New Year's resolution is, I haven't come up with a number yet, but I want to start a Bible study mm-hmm. and do it in here in the mornings once a week. With who? 
Um, well, I, I did. We did one in college, and it was kind of a men's group. But you can have your men's group. But I was just there'll be a ladies' group. <laughs> that might be that might be kind of I don't yeah I might have to I, I haven't thought of, I haven't thought that far into it I just assumed it was a men's group because it could be that was group. the one I did in college. I don't feel excluded. We can have our women's group. Zoom it with anybody who wants to. <laughs> I'll address that part of it later. But essentially, oh. <laughs> what I was thinking was like maybe like my goal would be to to do twenty five of them. Fifty two would be hard with the lifestyle we live. Yeah. There's a lot of even Tuesdays we're not here, yeah. you know, but if it were like a Tuesday morning thing, that's kind of, and then obviously fitness. Once I found out I was going to have surgery on November 10th, my collarbone was just giving me trouble and I felt so weak. And yeah. so. Cause you're in here mornings, like most, yeah, before and your and surgery. I, you were and I like to be prior to my surgery though. Like I felt so defeated and I didn't know why. And that was why I went and got it. Um, what's it called? X-rayed, yeah, and uh, then found out that that was there was a lot of weakness in that right side because it it was a non-union. Anyways, whatever. So it was pretty much like sometime in September till now, I have done nothing physical fitness wise. Obviously because of November tenth, but I should have kept going in October more. But like I just was defeated. I was like, yeah. man, I'm gonna have surgery. I'm gonna have to take eight weeks off. And so I thought about doing the um, same thing Will Smith was doing. And did you, have y'all followed y'all follow Will Smith? Yeah, his like fitness journey. Yeah, how I think it was the what was what movie was that? It was the uh, one with uh, the Serena and Venus uh-huh. Williams, yeah. their dad, uh-huh. King Richard. Mm-hmm. He did that King Richard movie, and it 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 required him to gain a lot of weight. And it was he said it was the worst <laughs> shape he had been in, and he took that picture. Uh-huh. Where he's got his hand like oh, this yeah. and his belly's out. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so like that, and he posted it on Instagram and that was the start of his fitness journey. And so I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, I think YouTube did it. <laughs> it did like, there's like a bunch of 30 minute episodes of, of him going through his fitness journey. And he like goes all over the world, like working out, kind of yeah. like Rocky style. Like mm-hmm. he'll go do like all kinds of workouts, like in the snow and do like swimming and stuff. And then he writes a book. Yep, and then he wrote a book, mm-hmm. and it was all to promote his book. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, was super unique. But essentially, he said the accountability of doing that online. But man, I just don't want to be. I just don't want to post about that kind of. No, me weird. neither. Yeah, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. After that horse flipped over on me, though, I was like the same way. I wasn't. I stopped working out because I had my chest would hurt so bad when I'd go do anything. But I was still getting on bucking horses, so like. It didn't really make Does sense. Does it still hurt? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I still there. Have you had it x-rayed? No. I'm kind of scared to. Hope there's, like, honestly. Why? I don't, Why are you scared? I don't know. I just don't want there to be something really wrong with it. Yeah. But I don't think there worse. is. <laughs> you know what? There's the reason why it's there's a lot of power in knowing that there's nothing wrong with it, though. Yeah. Because sometimes you can be like real hesitant, like it's there's bliss in ignorance. Yeah, and uh, it's like, but when you know there's nothing wrong with it, because sometimes you can think, I find this in rodeo, and I, I don't believe by that I'm a hypochondriac by any means. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll get the X-ray. For instance, with my collarbone, I felt like something was wrong. 
And when I would push on it, it would move. And I felt like that was weird. I felt like I was weaker. Chin-ups. I love chin-ups. Yeah. I couldn't do them. So, like, I'm not going to go get an x-ray because I'm a hypochondriac. But if I know, if I go there and they're like, nope, collarbone is completely strong and you're healthy. Okay. Well, then I know, all right, we'll just toughen up, yeah. you little sissy. But he's like, no, it's a non-union and you've you've got 25% less strength on that side and you need to have surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then let's have surgery. Um, if you're getting progressively better, I doubt that's the case with you. But it might it might make you feel good to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's been other times where I get this or that x-rayed where I know something's wrong. And then they're like, nope, nothing's wrong. And you're like, all right. Well, then I just got to toughen through it. I learned that in high school. It was uh, one of our linemen uh, hyperextended his elbow. And the trainer was just like, it's fine. And you can go forward. There will be pain. Yeah. But if you can muscle through the pain, you're healthy to compete. Mm -hmm. And so then he knew. It was just like, all right, I'm going to go. We're going to go. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play. but And I, it's just going to be pain rather than an injury. Yeah. My old man taught me that he, well, I, not that I learned it, but he, the very first steer we got on, like when me and Leroy were kids, like we were in the arena and he was like, there's a difference in pain and being hurt. Like there's a difference in pain and an injury. You know what I'm saying? Like you get kicked in the shin. All right. That's painful, but that's not an injury. Mm -hmm. You blow out your ACL, MCL and you need your, that's an injury. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like being sore the next day is like, uh, you're just sore. It's like that's you pain. can do a workout and it's you, like. Or get on a bronc. Yeah. You know, so like that's that's what a guy needs to. And that, that's the cool thing about doctors is they can tell you, hey, this is an injury. Or no, they can say, yeah, it's just pain. Take an ibuprofen and get your ass yeah. back out there. But it does hold you back. There's no telling. I don't know what it is. I'm not trying either. to tell you which one it is, huh? But, but also, like, I don't feel like there's any, like, I don't know. Anyways. You don't feel like there's any what? Like, you break your clavicle, I don't, or not your clavicle, your sternum. I don't know that there's much they do for it besides just right. let it, like, take time off. And How long ago was that? August. Like, getting on bucking horses is fine, you know, because it's like yeah. putting it out of your mind. What does make it hurt? Like doing any kind of chest workout or uh -huh. like, I mean, lifting on a bronchrain doesn't feel good, but. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you step on it. Yeah. Step on the bronchrain yeah. and you're picking up on it. That, that, that might mean that it's going to inhibit your lifter on the horse. That's what I'm saying. But with the adrenaline and the chaos going on, you yeah. don't notice it. Yeah. I think that's what was happening to my, my collarbone. Yeah. Yep. So New Year's resolution resolution for me, something fitness related, but more importantly, uh, the Bible studies. I think I think twenty six. That would be half the year. That's that's a tough goal. Yeah. Twenty six sounds stout. That's twice a month. <laughs> huh. But <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna do this. Well, no, because I don't want to put pressure on the whole group. I was gonna say maybe allow ourselves to double up. Do two a week. But it's my goal. It's not everybody else's goal. But I better get started. Here in a couple of days, it's going to be <laughs> week one. Yeah. So, um, 
life advice? No. You didn't ask him his resolution. Oh. No, he, I started with him. It's been a long time. We've been talking about this for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. He was talking uh, about yeah. the NFR. NFR, yeah. Life advice. Um, take a chance. <laughs> I had take a chance. That's yeah. not the end of it, though. Columbus did. Take a chance. Columbus did. What's your life advice, Blythe? Um... Somebody like I was listening to a podcast podcast uh, that somebody was talking about. He's like, if you're like comparison is like, <clears throat> you compare yourself to somebody else, like you're always gonna like. There's people are just different. You have different strengths, different weaknesses, but like, strive to be like Jesus. Like compare yourself to Jesus, like always. So that was that was cool. It's like, it's like, why would you compare yourself to like another human? Like, we're not perfect. Like, we're not meant. We're, like, we're supposed to strive to be perfect, but we're never going to make it. So, like, strive to be like Jesus every day. So, yeah, that's that's my life advice. That's a great point. A uh, buddy or pastor or somebody com- kind of made that point to me. He was talking about as far as dunking a basketball, uh, LeBron James is way better than me mm-hmm. if it's a 10-foot goal. Yeah. If the goal is on the top of the Empire State Building, we're pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of differences between me and you, but the standard is Jesus. So it's way up there. So that makes us pretty similar, (laughs) you know? Uh Um, I heard this quote in a sermon the other day. My man Brian Fisher down at Grace, um, the Anderson campus in College Station. There are two great days in a person's life, the day we are born and the day we discover why. William Barclay. He was talking about in relation to, he was pretty much saying, because we're here to um, help grow the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so, anyways, that was a pretty interesting quote for me. What you got? Life advice? Um, I guess something that's always shaped my life. My mom's always told me, and it, it was one of the first things she would tell me when she was learning English. She would just tell me open mind. Obviously, she meant keep an open mind. Uh-huh. She would just throw out open mind right before that's I how, the that's, bus, right? that's how it came out. Yeah, it just came out like open mind. And that led to self-awareness, you know, confidence. Um the way you behave yourself around other people because you always had an open mind. And I guess that'll be mine. <laughs> this joker. <laughs> she said the words open mind. And this joker took it. And that's his life advice. Dude, you are a deep thinker. And I love it. Your, your mom said to you open mind. Did she like, she like, also explain to you in Spanish like what she meant also I guess no it was just no open mind cardless you know dang like that. I love that and then, I would get and on then the bus. you grew that to this thing where now years later on a podcast <laughs> yeah. you're talking about how it has shaped your life <laughs> that is wild <laughs> awesome, your mom though. pretty influential in your life though. oh yeah definitely I'm sure she was an example of it too oh yeah she's strong 
strong woman. I got to see her become strong. She was a young mom. Uh -huh. So I got to see the mistakes and I got to see what it looks like to cry without being seen, you know? Like how to handle defeat on your own, that kind of stuff. I don't feel like we've asked you enough questions on this podcast. <laughs> Carlos is an open book. I feel like I've been talking too much with this guy on here. <laughs> what else did she teach you? Um, with respect, you've seen that. Um, yeah, we talked about that. That's why he said that. He's not just like bragging about his respect, but I we talked about him being respectful. That was something like right on. Your first video, like... To be honest, like first couple of sentences you said, like it, you could, I could just like feel like a, a sense of respect, you know, in the way you talk. And I, and I, you might have been midway through the video and I was thinking like, this guy's probably going to come down here or I'm going to at least probably invite him. So, anyways, continue. Um, I don't know. It was, I was raised to not be reserved, but, also not show my IQ like I know I'm smart but I'm also not gonna showboat my vocabulary mm -hmm. not because I'm hiding anything but I don't want to be arrogant you bet that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna play dumb right I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to at a level that's c comfortable right yep she taught me to do that um I don't know there's just a, like an infinite thing yeah. Like what would you what would you want me to pick out? No, I just it sounds like it sounds like you've got a pretty neat upbringing. You know, like your mom who, you know, like went through some challenges and then she's taught you these things. I mean, like how old were you when she learned English? Is she fluent now? She's fluent now. Yeah, so like that that alone is like I mean, like you got to watch your mom like Yeah, that just sounds cool. And then obviously you're you're a, um you're a respectful young man. You're pursuing your dream. Like you left home to come ride bulls and you're good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just sounds like you got a solid foundation under you. Right. And she's the reason. Me. Um, it's different learning how to be a man through a man, but it's something else when a woman teaches you to be a man. Like I, I've seen where single moms go about it the wrong way. Yeah. And it doesn't work. But, and then I'm not saying my mom has the formula, you know, but. Whatever she did taught me to be a, a young man, a man, and, you know, now the, the man that I am now. Like, I went through these stages where I feel like every man goes through, where they're, they're, they're a young man and they're confident and they can do whatever, right? And then they go through this maybe dad phase where they're just mad and they're angry, you know? And then they become grandfathers where every man should be, where they're forgiving and life goes on, you know? And I feel like... That's where she got me to, and I'm very patient now because of that, you know. Is it just me, or do I feel like like we're in the early stages of writing a movie <laughs> <laughs> about Carlos? I know. <laughs> Am I way off? Am I the no, only one? No, you're not way off. <laughs> I feel like we could ask the crowd. Like, if this were alive, like, I'd be like, like I don't know, <laughs> Carlos, the story of the whatever. You know, I don't know. Like, And then your mom is just this integral part in the story. I don't I could see it now. Just you don't even have to. You don't even have to give me a cut. Just kind of <laughs> send me a copy. 
Give me like whatever streaming platform it's on. Give me like your login to watch <laughs> yeah. it if I don't already have a subscription. You know what I'm saying? So, or let me play me. Yeah, you can. Play okay. Yeah. yeah, let Same me play part. me. That's a that's fair. That's a fair deal to make. Yes, we can make this movie, but when we get to the part where we talk about Dale Brisby, Dale Brisby has to play Dale Brisby. Yes, deal. Deal. Okay. Cool. You don't want to yeah. be like on the sidelines, like watching yourself, like be played out, or you want to play yourself? No, I want to play myself. Oh. Yeah. Only one and only can do it well. So. That's what I know. I'm the best at being me, Blythe. <laughs> That's my life advice. <laughs> okay. You're the best at being you. I like it. I don't know. Some people might disagree you know, <laughs> that have had movies played about themselves. <laughs> you know, no, nah, Brad Pitt did a pretty good job. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we're on to the next one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've had a great time. I'm just uh, really enjoyed Carlos and Blythe and uh, I guess Donnie. Um, <laughs> 2022 is upon us. We're, we're actually recording this on the 30th. So when you're listening, it'll probably be the 30, it'll probably be January because these podcasts take time to edit, but we love doing them. So thanks for listening to our, uh, conversations. And, uh, if you are interested in getting notified when, when these pop up, text the word podcast to 940-353-0890. Love you so much. On to the next one. Bye-bye.